We'll do this in depth a little bit later this week, but I actually get Jamie Chadwell, Liberty Flames head football coach, when he mentions that uh, their offense could be a little bit better and a little bit more crisp. Uh, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead. The defense was in such good shape they could uh, afford to be a little bit creative on that side. And special teams was fantastic for Liberty as well. Uh, there are a lot of areas they've shored up, but it's it's kind of scary when you really think about it, how much better this team can be offensively. And we've kind of said it before. I mean, Caden Salter has clearly taken the quarterback mantle the way that you would want and it's clearly his job. He's not in any danger of losing it, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I've been at the two home game victories. I've seen the other two as well. And, you know, the short to intermediate passing game is the hardest part to master. That's still an area of growth. And certainly making sure you don't have as many mistakes as have popped up at times. Uh, and that's kind of the scary thing, really, for everybody else, is that uh, there is so much room to grow. And yet Liberty, they've actually demolished uh, in their last 10 quarters their opponents. They had the big second half against New Mexico State in game two, nine minutes and change on that opening drive of the third quarter. And then it was never really close at Buffalo or at FIU. And Liberty uh, easily getting themselves to a 4-0 start and, uh, you know, kind of proving me wrong. I think they might have hit a uh, a bit of a lull because of that. So they're there. They're now entering the bye week, and we're now entering part two of covering the Commonwealth, touching more on the aforementioned Liberty Flames. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with now to... The Liberty Flames. John Manson from a seaofred.com with us here in the fast lane. You did the same thing I did. I did. You it, call them. I didn't call them. I just flat out introduced Chad Hassan incorrectly. The brothers, not brothers. Well, and the funny thing is, is Hassan can be hater Hassan on social media. Is that what awaits me when we get done with this, Chad? Oh, man. Come on, Ed. We've talked about this. I mean, I know we have, but, you know, I got to make sure we're still all, uh, you know, in good spirits despite my dropping the ball on that. Meanwhile, Liberty, they have not dropped the ball. In fact, they've gotten better the last handful of games. How impressed are you that this is a team that still has room to grow, and yet they've absolutely annihilated Buffalo and Florida International in their last two games, both of them dominant road victories? Yeah, I mean, Coach Chabwell even said it in his postgame press conference. It's kind of like, you know, and then even even kind of uh, he told he told John after the game basically that it's a lot easier to coach after a, coach a bye week after a game where you have a lot to improve on, but you've also won. So I, I still think they're growing a lot, and uh, you nailed it when you opened up this segment about you know it's kind of like they're, they've shown a lot of areas that they can improve on and uh they're still they're still getting the job done and and uh not only are they 4-0 they're 4-0 against the spread ed which uh you know good teams win great teams cover and uh this liberty team is starting to get that vibe that they're a great team don't remind me on that part we had uh, our votes of confidence friday and when we keep receipts as coach prime likes to say Yes, we got receipts, and we'll do that a little bit later. I got receipts. Yes, we'll keep receipts. It wasn't good. It was over from the get-go, though. The way they they strangled the life out of FIU. You were there on the sideline. It was a late-arriving crowd. By the time the crowd got situated, how much of the buzz already gone down from this because Liberty was up 14 nothing. Yeah, I mean, they had homecoming going on, and they were trying to keep the buzz going on. But, uh, you know, it was a very apparent that it was the lines of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, we got Kendy Charles came back, was only expected to play 10 to 15 plays, got back, was feeling good, had conversations mid-game with his coaches about, hey, I- I'm feeling fine, I'm ready to go. 
he ended up playing a lot more plays than that. And uh, you could just tell it wasn't just the return of Kendi, although he was a huge presence. I mean, that entire defensive line just dominated. And then the offensive line just gave Caden all the time he could want. Liberty's second in the country right now in, I believe, 297 rush yards per game. Uh, it was the uh, it was the offensive and defensive lines that really just I mean because FIU they had some speed they have some playmakers quarterbacks a really good player but when you can't win the battle in the trenches so to answer your question it was kind of like a it wasn't a flashy jump out to the start it was just kind of a just win the battle up front and so it kind of lulled people to sleep with how how boring it got with with just dominating the lines of scrimmage. It did, and it's amazing because it was 38-6 to in the fourth quarter. felt like it went by in a flash in terms of real time just because Florida International could not move the ball. Chad Assen from acfred.com is with us here in the fast lane. He was down in Miami and enjoyed the football game before the nightlife of South Beach took over his priority list. Um, Kennedy Charles, the impact he's had. This is a defense, and I've been critical at times. They've been inconsistent. They've looked like they've needed a spark. How much does the rest of the defense feed off of Kennedy Charles as that seemed to have been evident by uh, how that whole unit played on Saturday. Yeah, not only is he like one of the best players, a star player, a potential NFL guy, uh, he also is a captain and the players look up to him. He's been around. He knows he knows what it's like to play a winning football at Liberty. So I think with especially with the uh, you know you got two defensive ends that are true freshmen, you've got several transfers in. Kendy might be the lone guy on there that has been at Liberty his whole career and didn't transfer in or is not a true freshman. So I think more than just his play, he's a captain and people look up to him. So when he's out there celebrating, getting, and you know what? It doesn't feel good whenever one of your leaders is kind of down and out or, or, or banged up. So just seeing him back out there probably gave them a, a real uh, rush of confidence to say, hey, we got Kendy back. So, um, But you know what? Uh, the whole defensive line played great. Like I said earlier, I mean, uh, T.J. Bush was, you know, in his fourth college game. He's a he's a true freshman. Uh, so really, um, he's kind of taken stride. Dixon has played well. Jay Hardy is another guy at, at defensive tackle who is a transfer from Auburn, expected to do big things. And, uh, you know, I think he's really just kind of come into his role here. So it was kind of a huge effort, I would say, more than any, more than his play on the field. Getting Kendi back as a leader and just the guys seeing him back out there probably had more of an impact. Indeed. Chad Assens had an impact for us today in the fast lane. Chad, thank you for your time. We will keep it locked to a CFRed.com for more of your thoughts and work. And uh, we'll see you once Liberty comes out of the bye next Thursday. You heard that right. Next Thursday as they get back into CUSA play. Hey, thanks, Ed. Chad Hassan with us here in the fast lane. NASCAR. With Stephen Stump of FrenchStretch.com. Stephen Two weeks in a row, or two days in a row at least, that you've come on the fast lane. Two of the three days that uh, we've had. NASCAR at Texas. Was it better by Texas's standards? And was it better or was it just better because people expect nothing out of Texas? Or at least we don't. I do think it was better. We saw it on Saturday in the Xfinity race um, that tires matter. Like, for example, Allgaier, the best car, he got back. He put on four tires and he drove almost back to the lead. We kind of saw the same thing, especially during stage two, when it was the battle between Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace, when Larson flew by with the four tires. And what we, and something kind of unusual compared to past six races is that because of all the tire, you know, the tire wear, you could actually make, you could actually make some passes. It wasn't just 
if you stayed out, you were going to just stay up. You were going to stay in the lead the entire time. You, um, there was some movement that way. And to me, you know, it's, it's clear that Texas still has a long way to go in terms of, you know, at least getting it back to what it was or getting it up to speed with the previous intermediate. But part of me also wonders that instead of, you know, reconfiguring, is it possible that maybe the best course of action is to just not touch the surface and let it age? Because, you know, the more it ages, the more Kyra matters, and that means that there will be a lot more, uh, you know, varying strategies and, you know, different passes, action, when uh, the tires aren't good and the drivers are slipping and sliding around. So something, I think, to keep in mind next year. Indeed. Speaking of next year, it'll have to wait till next year for Bubba Wallace to get a victory at his favorite track, Texas Motor Speedway. Oh, way, better Texas. Yeah. way better than Texas. He thought North Wilkesboro was. Um, he had a chance to actually get a win there. How much of a missed opportunity was this for that team to uh, really secure themselves officially in the round of eight? I don't think they're out of round of eight contention yet, especially considering how good Bubba Wallace is at Talladega. But that was definitely a missed opportunity at the end. Um, he he was he controlled the last restart with six to go, but uh, in racing Chase Briscoe, that allowed William Byron to kind of pass both of them on the bottom and get by. And because um, and because the twenty three didn't get that many stage points, they only scored three on the day. Um, they only scored three in the day, so that means that even just by winning the pole, leading the most laps, and finishing third, um, that means Bubba is minus two to the cut line right now, despite that great performance. So, if he was able to have that great of the day and still be below, it's definitely going to take, you know, maybe even a win at Talladega, given that the, the Charlotte Roval is last and road, he still has a long way to go with road course racing. So, not saying, I, I don't think they're completely out of making it to the next round yet, but that was. Absolutely a missed opportunity for that team. No doubt it was. It's never a missed opportunity to get good insights. Steven Stumpf provided it at Steven underscore Stumpf, his social media platforms, and frontstretch.com. Steven, enjoyed the long chat last week and appreciate your time for us, even though it's a much shorter one today in the fast lane. My pleasure. Looking forward to Talladega. Definitely, as, as he usually uses the round of 12, this one's going to be a one with a lot of mysteries and probably one with a lot of chaos as well. Always fun whenever we get to Talladega because of that factor. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, or is it Ashburn, Virginia? The Washington Commanders, Landover, Maryland, Ashburn, Virginia. I don't know if anyone knows where they were yesterday. They didn't show up. They fell down 16 to nothing, got destroyed 37 to 3 by the Buffalo Bills. And someone who had the unfortunate pleasure, or mispleasure, if you will, of witnessing it is Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Candy, a pleasure to speak with you in the fast lane. Where were the Commanders yesterday? I think they don't even know. Um, they they came. They definitely looked the part. Everyone was dressed very nice, as I saw certain players coming into the stadium yesterday. But as far as where they were on the football field, I think they're still probably trying to figure that out. There were a lot of things that were disappointing about this for Washington. How much of it was poorly timed turnovers by Sam Howell and his regression to being a an essentially a rookie quarterback. He was a backup last year, but this is his first year of action. How much of it was the surrounding parts you expect to be better, whether it's defensively, not committing penalties, and even the weapons on offense stepping up? I mean, they, they really just made some poor decisions um, from turnovers, you know, 
Sam Howell has been sacked 19 times in three weeks. And, you know, in terms of directly yesterday, some of those unfortunate sacks were definitely on him. But it seemed that the offensive line was just caving in um, on, a, you know, on a very good Bills defense and overall Bills team. There were some missed opportunities. Antonio Gibson had a fumble. There were a couple of drops as well on offense. It just They just could not get out of that rut. I mean, we've seen the commanders have slow starts in week one and week two, but against a very good Bills team, uh, comeback heroics just were not going to work this week. Four interceptions for Sam Howell. You mentioned yet another fumble for Antonio Gibson. Seawall... Um, the Gibson one, uh, believe it or not, I mean, four turnovers are bad, but we mentioned Sam Howell being young. How much does that just cripple a team when a guy who has a reputation for turning the ball over has lost playing time for that, does it again, and is, does it send a message to the team of what's this guy doing out there on the field? I mean, it possibly could. I mean, Antonio Gibson a couple years back had issues with fumbles, right? And then he seemed to recover, seemed to be doing well. And in a year that was almost poised and primed for him to have great success in this offense, we see him commit two fumbles um, at critical moments in three weeks. So it doesn't look good considering he is a very reliable, you know, was hoping to be a reliable asset uh, of this offense. There wasn't much positive to take away at all for the Washington Commanders. Outgained out time of possession by the Buffalo Bills. We invented that phrase because Seawall deserves that type of creativity. And of course, they committed double the turnovers that Buffalo did. Um, Seawall, we hope you're able to flush that from your memory bank and the Commanders fans certainly hope their team can do it as well. Absolutely. I mean, this is not the, the week that you want to... I mean, did I have this as a win for for the Commanders? No, I did not. But I did, absolutely did not expect for them to lose and beat themselves in so many areas on yesterday. Definitely not what you want to see going into a hostile environment in Philly next week. Yep, Philadelphia hosting Washington next Sunday night. Seawall, generous enough to join us today in the Fast Lane. Seawall, thank you for your time. We'll join up with you next week and see how uh, the rest of the week goes for the Commanders. All righty, I'll talk to you guys again then. Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment with us in the Fast Lane. Speaking of Philadelphia, by the way, Monday Night Football. Less than an hour away on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMA, Gretna, Danville, Southside, as we'll have Philly at Tampa Bay, followed by the Rams at the Bengals. In the meantime, we're back tomorrow afternoon, 5 to 6 p.m. Some of your feedback on the NFL, plus pop culture icon. Everyone else is talking about it, so we'll do the same thing. And no Trey Lyle and I. Sorry, we'll pull in. That's okay. We'll get to Zach Elbin in a moment. He can I pulled wait the on trigger too moment. quick. You know, there are plenty of references. We can go with that. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA, Gretna, Danville, Southside, and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. We are back tomorrow, 5 to 6. Yes, Trey, now it's time for you to go live.